You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We'll probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadam. Well, the happiest of Thanksgivings to you. You know, it's funny, I was trying to think. I always forget there's some people out there that uh, get all whiny about stuff. And I was like, what is the Thanksgiving? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It has something to do with like Native Americans and getting mad about it. It's like, I... It's the same thing for, like, people who get mad at Halloween. They're like, you know, it's about demon worship. I'm like, yeah, is it, though? Like, at some point, and for some people, maybe. It's not really anymore, though, is it? Same thing with Halloween. Like, you know that the history is, like, about genocide. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, um, I don't know that because uh, we eat turkey and we say what we're thankful for. I mean, you, you, you can't say, again, Christmas, same thing. You know, it has pagan roots. If you really look at the history, I, I'm not going to. I don't need to. That's not what I'm doing, right? I mean, the, the Nazis stole the swastika from somebody else. It had a new meaning as soon as they took it. Metallica didn't invent the guitar, but they didn't exactly use it the same way the guy who invented it did. Things evolve over time. Things change over time. Just chill out and eat some turkey and shut up, all right? Jeez. It's hilarious how we have a holiday that's basically surrounded about the principle of being grateful for what you have. That's that's it. We're going to get together as a family. It's going to be a great time to see people you don't see and just be grateful for the life that we have. And some people use it as an opportunity to talk about how life is horrible. <laughs> that's the spirit. Just go be grateful somewhere, all right? Let's create our, our new holiday. And instead of giving it a name that has something to do with pilgrims and in- Indians... Let's give it a name that has to do with thankfulness, like uh, Thanksgiving. We're going to switch it up this year. We're going to give it a new name. We're going to call it Thanksgiving. And we're just going to eat food and be grateful for life and for family and, and for the, this country we live in. Spots and all. Because despite the fact that some stuff's not great, I still get to sit in my basement and talk about Packers. And some people give me money for that. I have a home. I have a wife. I have kids. I got a dog. I have a job. I have relatively good health, although I tend to not take the greatest care of my body. That's my bad. It is what it is. Because I live in such a free and prosperous country, I go to the supermarket and I'm inundated with tons and tons, literally thousands of bad ideas, and sometimes I indulge. It's the cost of freedom, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's a gift and a curse. I'm supposed to go to the store and get lean pork chops and just walk right past ho-hos and not buy them and eat them? Okay. It's my cross to bear, man. I'll figure it out. It's, again price of freedom. I'll manage. Point is, just be happy today, all right? Let's be happy. I want you to be happy. I know this time of year for some people is really, really tough. 
Let's not make it harder for them by screaming and screeching about how horrible everything is right now. How horrible the holiday is, how horrible family is. We shouldn't be gathering because there's some virus that's slaughtering people. Like, dude, can you chill for like five seconds? (laughs) I need you to chill right now. Let's all just take a breath. Let's all just relax. If you got a problem with turkey, eat apple pie. Just eat apple pie. I don't care. Dude, who cares? It's food day. Some people might judge you, but that's their problem. It's food day. If, they, if they're going to judge people about food, they're crazy. If I saw somebody just grab a whole apple pie and start going, I wouldn't even be mad about it. I mean, I might make a comment like, dude, give me, give me a little bit of that real quick. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, you do you, man. That's good for you. <laughs> good for you. You eat that whole pie. It's food day. Live a little. Anyways, there's my Thanksgiving greeting and my, um, my attempt at trying... <laughs> that was... That was apparently my attempt at trying to appease the people that don't celebrate by scolding you for being ungrateful. You got to do what you got to do, man. I, 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 you know, I am who I am. I can't fix it. I'm like Jim Carrey in Liar, Liar. I'm trying to curb my speech, and I can only just say the absolute truth. Which, by the way, that was my biggest issue with that movie, and I might have to go back and watch it, because maybe I'm not entirely... I feel like he took it a little far. Like, you can't lie, but why does that mean you have to blurt out every thought you have? Is it lying to, you know, say the truth delicately? I don't know. I slept in a little bit today. It's I slept till 6 o'clock, so I got a little extra energy, so I'm going to be probably a little ranty. Anyways, let's try to reel this back in real quick. It's a good thing about holiday. Nobody listens on the holiday. So there's like 17 diehard people who know who I am and, and accept me for who I am that are like, yeah, that's that's fine. The people that would be listening for the... Nobody's listening to this for the first time today. On Thanksgiving? No. Except for the diehard people that force people to listen to it, like at a... <laughs> at Thanksgiving. <sighs> Whoops. <laughs> I just made some awkward Thanksgivings. You shouldn't be playing a Packers podcast at Thanksgiving. That's your fault. Anyways, I want to talk about the Packers injury report real quick. I'm just pic- I'm picturing that. Like, oh yeah, there's this uh, podcast. You guys should listen to it. Trying to do me a favor. It's like 25 people there. And like your cousin who doesn't celebrate or will like Thanksgiving but is there because his mom makes him, is sitting off in the corner listening to me just seething. And your aunt says, just turn it off. Just turn it off. Why do you have to do that? That's a terrible podcast. And then it's like Thanksgiving is just awkward the rest of the day, hoping that didn't happen. Um, for the ninth time, let's try to look at this injury report here. Apparently, um, Jonathan Garvin was put on COVID IR, COVID list, COVID something. I don't know anything about this. I don't know if he's vaccinated or unvaccinated. I don't know if this was a close contact or, or um, I think if you're vaccinated, well, I, I shouldn't even speculate because I'm just making things up. The point is there's still time because I think you need two negative tests, right? So I think it's possible that he could play, but I mean, this if, if, if Rashawn Gary doesn't play, we're done. We're cooked. I mean, if Rashawn Gary doesn't play even with Garvin, I don't know that I like our chances. I've said we're right at that breaking point. And um, outside linebacker is one of the biggest areas of concern. We lost Zadarius Smith. We lost uh, Whitney Merciless. We lost Rashawn Gary. And now we lost Jonathan Garvin. Preston Smith is still hanging in there. But four of our top five and probably all of our top three are gone. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's not just a talent thing. We have two outside linebackers left. Preston Smith and Tipa Galea. I mean, we, we're going to have to bring somebody else up. Who do we have on the practice squad here? 
I think Ladarius Hamilton is all we have. We uh, The Cowboys actually picked him up as an undrafted free agent in 2020. We gathered him up this year. He actually played in three games so far this year. He has a 55 overall grade. Um, he managed two pressures on 25 attempts. So, I mean, I, he's kind of close to, to you know, 10%. I, I don't know what to do. I really don't. And if, if, if we, we need two guys. I mean, if we call up Ladarius Hamilton, we still might have to go out and get somebody. I don't know how you operate with just four or with just three. It, it, I, I feel like you got to have four. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Um, but this is, this is horrible. And um, I, I just, I don't know how even optimistic I am about Gary. I know it's like, well, they, they said he could probably, they said he could play last week. They said he's going to try to play through it. He's, you know, he doesn't even need a brace, and he didn't play. Um, you know, I mean, we, 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 we've been playing this game with a lot of our guys where we just think they're coming. Oh, they're probably going to come back this week. Oh, they're probably going to come back this week. Oh, they might come back this week. Oh, they can come back this week. And they just keep never coming back. So I don't know. Um, I will say there was some good news. Aaron Jones was practicing. Now, I know they were talking about he could come back in a couple weeks anyway, so I guess it shouldn't be that surprising. But you know how crazy it is? It wasn't that long ago I thought the dude like couldn't even move. I mean, he, he had a seemingly serious knee injury. He was out running on the practice field. Run, I mean, he's running. I would just not really expect that, just being so fresh off a seemingly semi-serious knee injury that you're trying to get recovered. He's running around, running routes, catching passes. So that's great news, assuming that he doesn't get injured while practicing. Um, he's looking real good. I don't know when he may come back, um, but he's practicing right now. He's on the field practicing. We'll see what happens. Um, as far as the full injury report, um, people that did not practice, David Bakhtiari, we already got the news. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, he's thinking, you know, he may play two or three games this season, kind of shooting for mid-December. We'll see. Um, Kevin King injured as usual, didn't practice. Don't really know uh, the status. It's a hip and knee injury, but uh, I, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe. Uh, Malik Taylor has an abdomen injury. Yes, I'm joking about the COVID toe. I probably should say that because apparently nobody knows how to take a joke. The dude said COVID toe, and I, I just, when I heard it, I laughed. And I think a lot of people laughed. And then the next time I saw it, I literally saw people writing articles, like major publications saying Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe. And I'm like, wait a minute that's, that's real. Like that really is a thing. And he, like, that's, that's really what the issue is. He has COVID toe. And I went back and it's like, no dummy, it's a bone issue. Why do you think I have COVID in my toe? I don't know. By the way, is there any symptom that isn't COVID related? Apparently swollen toes is COVID. Um, it affects your heart. It affects, you know, obviously there's cough and fever and things like a normal virus, like a, 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 a virus. I also had a coworker get sent home for a rash because that might have to do with COVID. What what is what is a thing that isn't COVID related? <laughs> Just COVID. What can't it do? Because apparently COVID toe is a real thing. I don't know. Or maybe there's just things that happen and we just keep blaming COVID on. I don't know. But anyways, uh, Aaron Rodgers has a bone issue, and the bad news is. Sounds like it's a relatively significant bone issue, and he went so far as to say it is not going away. So um, according to Rodgers, he's just kind of just dealing with the toe. Um, I mean, it's it's bad news. Um, 
when you're looking at Aaron Rodgers and saying he's not quite playing at his at his top self, and you just assume he's going to get better, well, if the toe has something to do with it, he may not. Um, they're going to be limiting him in practice, which is a bad thing. It's going to cause some issues on the field. Um, there are probably going to be some medications involved, which, I mean, let, let's be honest, we've seen Aaron Rodgers play really well when he's all drugged up, right? We all remember the My Knee game against the Bears. That dude was clearly glossy-eyed and, and just out of it. They injected him with some pretty strong stuff, and he thrived. But in general, um, and I'm not saying they're shooting him up with Vicodin before every game, but I would assume there's some, as he said, pain management going on. I don't know. I mean, it it kind of stinks because at first the adversity thing was a positive. We faced a lot of adversity and thrived. And that's a good thing because that's what you need to do if you're going to win in the playoffs. The problem is the adversity isn't stopping. And um, at some point it becomes your undoing. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that this bye week is going to be fruitful, that we're going to be kind of on the other side of that thing that we've been waiting for all season, that point at which we get more guys coming back than leaving. But um, this is brutal. <laughs> it's just bad. But we'll see. I mean, you know, it's nothing we can do. We take it week by week and do what you can do. I mean, we're not the only beat-up team. A lot of teams are facing injuries and um, as the season rolls on. And if they can stem the tide somehow, that, uh, you know, that'd be nice. But anyways, as we move on um, with whatever players we're going to have available for this upcoming matchup with the Rams, I did turn to the Patreon community and ask them, on theme, some things they're grateful for. So we're going to look at that. Um, Also asked how many wins will the Packers have. I try to remember to do that every week, but just something so that we can kind of keep track of where everybody's at. And then we'll probably take a break, and after the break, we'll address a couple more questions, and then you can get back to eating your foods. But David says, I'm grateful. I'm a Packers fan, greatest professional team in sports. There's probably only going to be about two or three answers, but they're all going to be the correct answer. But I do think today would be as silly as it sounds, because we have much bigger things to be grateful for. Of all days, today would be a good day, especially for certain fans, to actually be grateful to be a Packers fan. And if you're struggling to do that, look at the standings. And the fact that there's no reason the Packers have to be a top team. There's no reason the Packers can't be a bad team or even a mediocre team. Why can't they have six wins or five wins or four wins? But yet again, year after year, just like almost every single year, they are the top, if not one of the top teams, right? Top five, top six, top whatever. They're always at the top. Top of the division, top of the NFC, top of the NFL. Playoff certainty, Super Bowl contention, it's the same story every year. And rather than complaining about, yeah, but we don't actually, we're not the best team in football every year, just be grateful for what they are. You get to watch one of the greatest teams every single year be one of the greatest teams. And yes, there's one big disappointment usually every year, which is what every single team except one has, a disappointing end to a season. Like 31 out of 32 teams has, yes. We we also engage in that. We're just like the Lions, except all the winning and the praise and the excitement and the, you know, what whatnot. Jason says, I guess I have to say the Packers in general. I've experienced so many games live, home, and away with so many different family members of all the years, over all the years. So many memories. Very thankful for two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row. Always love when they compare the Browns or Jets that have like 50 different starting quarterbacks when we have had a handful, and that's only because of injuries. He says it's also amazing we get to own the team. 
We are blessed to be fans of the only franchise in sports that allows us as fans to do that or feel more a part of something. Last but not least, although it's last on the list, I'm thankful for the Packernet podcast, all the wonderful content, rant-fueled mornings. You had one of those today. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Stay safe. So obviously, I'm just fishing for compliments here, so thank you for that. <laughs> but no, that, that's a good point, too, and it's something I've talked about occasionally is, um, you know, deeper than just the game is, is a lot of the family stuff and the memories. Always talking about, like when I was younger, going to grandma's house watching games and how fun that was. Having people over, the, the food, the, the parties, the, you know, and now it's, it's being able to watch with my son. You know, a lot of people want me to do live watch parties, and I'm sure it would help my YouTube and my Facebook and my numbers, and I would make some money, but I can't not watch football with my son. That's, there's no way. That's not an option. I mean, he's, he's legitimately probably a bigger Packer fan than I am right now. I, I have to tell him to calm down a lot because he's too intense for me. Dude gives me anxiety. I'm like, all right, dude, I, I get it. But like, all right, just relax a second. I'm, I'm <laughs> just calm down. Usually I'm psych. I've never met somebody more psycho than me watching a football game. That's my son. And I can't take that away from him. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's expecting me to. I'm just, I'm just saying it's, that's, that's what this is about. And even my daughter, you know, she doesn't really care. Talking about one of my three, the middle daughter. She doesn't super care, but she wants to be a part of it. And she tries to be a sweetheart about it. Like, you know, run over and give high fives and everything else. And my oldest, at the very least, has given up the part where she tries to be a drag. <laughs> and at least semi-supports it after the fact. Like, oh, that's good they won. That's, that's all I ask. Come a long way from the days of her pretending to be a Bears fan. It's fun, you know. And there's a lot of other people that I've made friends on social media. Um, the Twitter meetup, not my particular cup of tea, but I think it's cool that people do that. Because again, that's just, it's just what it's about, man. It's just about having fun. We spend so much time fighting. And I do it too. We fight about this stuff with Bears fans. And, and it gets so personal. It's silly, dude. Like, we have a lot of fun watching our team. They have a lot of fun watching their, well, I don't know about fun. But, you know, they have similar experiences with family and food and gotten to the point where we enjoy the videos of people like slamming their TVs and shooting their TVs and well, I mean I'm mostly just talking about Cowboys fans but it's just a good thing that everybody gets to do and it, it, it's also cool that football is a big part of Thanksgiving like that's you know football is synonymous with fall and cold weather you know when, when the seasons change there's something that happens in us you know I was talking to Blaine about our diet and how much that's changed because just our food preferences have changed and we're trying to force ourselves to eat like tacos and barbecue and we just don't want it and it's like well it's because it's winter and something in our brains just clicked and I'm like no dude I want I want a warm soup like I'm sorry I'm offering you tacos and you're saying you want soup is that correct that is correct sir okay guess we're doing soup I don't know you know like I've been baking apple I've made two apple crumbles and two berry crumbles in the last week I've made four crumbles. I've never made a crumble in my life. I've made four crumbles this week. Because it smells like Christmas and it tastes delicious. Can't explain it any other way. One of my neighbors dropped off um, this little thing that basically you just cook it on your stovetop. It's not food. It's just an aroma. It's, it's, it makes your house smell like Christmas. It's like an orange for orange peel, cranberries, and um, what the heck is that stuff called? No, clove. It basically just made my house smell like clove. But, you know, I don't, it's just, it's weird. Just want like hot cocoa, a burning fire, the smell of cinnamon and baked goods, Christmas trees. And likewise, it's like football. It's just it's just a part of it. Even like when it's when it's kind of warm weather, 
there's something about when you hear the announcers or when you hear that that Fox intro music. It's like all of a sudden, even if it's still kind of warm outside, I'm ready for my hoodie, dude. <laughs> I can't explain it. I just want to go get that hoodie and sip on eggnog and watch some football and eat gingerbread, which doesn't even taste good, but I, I like the way it smells, and I'll, I'll take some. I'll have, I'll have some. I don't need to eat it. We could just bake it and smell it, but I'll, I'll take one for the team. I'll eat one. It's fine. It's not that bad. It's just kind of not great. Anyways, I think I've completely railroaded Jason's comments, but yes, agree with all that. Goose says, I'm grateful for the eternally inept leadership of the rest of the NFC North. Amen, amen, and amen. Aaron says, I'm thankful for the podcast and how Ryan dials back some of my overreactions, both good and bad, in light of reality. Grateful for the Green Bay Packers fan, uh, Green Bay Packers and those fans who appreciate how blessed we have been as a franchise. I'm thankful for Tom Grassi. I'm thankful for so many others, uh, other things beyond football, but I'm thankful for the refuge it brings and how it can bring people together. You know, he mentioned Grassi, and I, I think it's, it is cool how many creators we have. I've kind of unplugged from that because there's only so much time in the day and I'm kind of going all in on some different podcasts and things that I've been listening to and audiobooks and things. And I, I mean, I don't even have time for that. I'm so far behind on everything. I haven't even listened to my audiobook because I have like a backlog of a hundred podcasts. I just, I have too many. So I'm gonna have to start whittling it down. There's just not enough time in the day. I mean, there's probably just enough time if I do nothing but listen to it, but I sometimes don't listen. I have other things to do. But um, no, there are a lot, and and they're really talented. Like, Grassi obviously is very big for a reason. Um, I always really liked when he had his wife on. That was that was the big thing that kind of got me to watch when they would do their predictions because I thought they had such a good back and forth. But again, just kind of a, a, an overall positive, fun guy who puts a lot of work in. Uh, Ramage, I think, is another very positive, just fun kind of a person. And you just... That's the thing, like how many really big creator personalities are there? There's that Magruder guy who's a Cowboys fan, but I can't think of too many other massive creators. You know, I mean, even just looking at, uh, you know, the, the, the big comedian guy, there's a couple of them, I forget their names, but the, the Manitowoc Minute guy, he's massive and worldwide. He's not strictly a Packers guy, but he's clearly a Packers guy. There's his sidekick, the You Betcha Ya guy. And then just a, a pile of the rest of us, podcasters and all different, I mean, any style that you're into, whatever it is I do style, there's Bukowski, who's kind of like what I do, but a little bit more newsy and, and just kind of to the point. You've got a ton of conversational style podcasts and rapport back and forth type stuff. Several podcasts have had like Packers players on. You've got Cheesehead TV, who like has guys every week. You've got Game on Wisconsin, who has guys on all the time. There's a there's another podcast. Forget what it's called, but it's basically just a podcast that has players on. Like <laughs> I don't know how they, especially when you have no like I've never done a podcast, but I'm going to start a podcast. And oh by the way, we're just going to have people. I don't know how people do that. I don't know. But again, there's just there's there's a lot. And again, if we're talking about being grateful for community and all that kind of stuff, um, there's a lot of it. When, we're, when you're talking Green Bay Packers. And, and I know because I do that laughing at your enemy segment. And sometimes it's hard to find content, you know. And we also, we, I mean, we've got guys like Baserski, who um, now he's doing more of a, a video podcast thing, but he's also done a ton of cut-ups. And there's like four or five of those guys who just do highlight cut-ups and, and like high-quality stuff. He's had, I think, a couple of videos that have hit like a million views. Um, I forget the other guy's name. 
but there's there's at least like two other guys that do that. Um, you got Brady on Facebook, just killing it on Facebook. Everywhere you go, there's like massive Packers people. You got podcasts, you got Facebook. Ramage is at least over on TikTok. There's a couple other guys over on TikTok that I've seen. One guy in particular, um, he doesn't, I don't think he does Packers content, but he's got like a, he's always wearing a Packers hat. He's really big on TikTok. There was the one, the one girl that we were going to work with over in the UK, but she got her own little gig. She's doing pretty well. We got YouTube cornered with Grassi in particular. Twitter, obviously. I mean, that's where everybody makes their money. You know, start talking trash about the Packers on Twitter and watch how many clicks you get and how much interaction you get because Packer fans will swarm. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got, uh, you know, Dusty, right? Just doing, and even Coach Hahn when he's available, just doing in-depth breakdowns, stuff that just flies way over my head. I subscribe to Dusty's Substack thing so I could read his articles. I'm so far behind on that. And even when I read it, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on here, but it sounds crazy. It's mostly just me marveling at how smart the dude is. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you're a pretty smart dude, man. Here's a couple bucks. <laughs> Kudos for being smarter than me. I mean, just every single angle. Dara on Twitter. And you got a couple people like that. Like, their their sole mission is to just throw out insights for free. Like, here's, I did a ton of homework, and I'm just going to share it with you guys. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> okay. Pretty sweet, man. Roger says, I'm thankful Ryan has provided me as an outlet as I walk every day through COVID, through the Rogers saga, through the ups and downs of the season, and most of all for the dupe-de-dupe rants. <laughs> now, it doesn't say derp-de-derp, so maybe I shouldn't be offended? <laughs> I don't know. I wonder what happens if I Google dupe-de-dupe. <laughs> what is that? I feel like we're, we're at, at least a, a, a close second cousin to derp derp or, or and some kind of a derp. Derp and doop-de-doop have got to be close. I don't know. It's a holiday. We'll let it slide. His recent episode in which he played clips from other NFL fans and podcasts helped me, uh, had people staring at me as I laughed out loud during my walk. I'm going to try to get that going this week. Obviously with the holidays, it's, this is me talking now. With the holidays, it's tough. Um, probably should have done it already, but I'm trying to think. Uh, today we've got Thanksgiving, obviously. Tomorrow we have another Thanksgiving. Maybe I could try it tomorrow before we leave kind of thing. We'll see. But it's obviously a very popular segment. Finally, Billy says, I'm thankful for the Packers, Ryan's podcast, and the entire Packernet family. I I love live chatter during the games on the Packernet Facebook page. We all overreact together during the game and later, post-game, get to listen to other fans tell us how we were wrong in hindsight. It's a great time, honestly. (laughs) That is pretty much what happens every week. Everybody overreacts. And then if we win, the people that were positive go after the people who are negative, like you. And then if we lose, the you know, the people that were negative kind of go after the people that were positive, like, what not? What not? I don't know. I don't participate, but I go and read the carnage afterward, and I get a kick out of it. Thanks, Ryan, for letting us into your life and providing us quality content that we can all rally around and find common ground in your uh, in an era that feels like everyone hates everyone. I appreciate you. I'm also thankful for your wife and kids for letting you slide off every day to talk to us. I know that can't always be easy for them. They are the real MVPs. I don't know if I... I was going to mention that the other day. I don't know if I did or didn't. But there is a lot of truth in that. I mean, this is... Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very quick to tell you about how I'm sacrificing when I was getting up at 3 in the morning and everything else. But, um, I mean, it's... I get home around 
And usually I try to get downstairs by six, if not seven o'clock and try to get back upstairs by bedtime. So it's definitely a sacrifice that my family is also enduring and that my wife is enduring. Um, it's better than what I had considered many times through our marriage, which is I may have to get a second job because we're just not making enough money, which would mean I basically don't come home or I come home, change my shirt and go deliver pizzas or something. And I'm extremely grateful that I don't have to do that now because of the people, for example, on Patreon, which is why I'm very happy to give um, extra content because at the very least what I'm getting from them is about maybe what I would get delivering pizzas part-time anyways. So I don't have to do that. So I am very grateful. But yes, that Billy, that is a, a really good point because it is. It's, it's a sacrifice. And my wife has not always been super excited. And I still think she's not to a degree. She's very excited that things are going well and we're starting to turn a corner. And um, obviously we, we, we would not have been able to buy a house if not for the podcast. That's just a reality. Um, we, we never had the ability and still probably don't with, with just my job. It's pretty much enough to pay the bills. Savings was never really a thing until I got this podcast. But even though it's having finally one of my harebrained ideas is having positive results, it doesn't mean it's not still a sacrifice. And it is tough, you know. I mean, again, that's I'm, we're talking maybe three, three to four hours with my family every day. It kind of sucks. I spend eight with my coworkers. I spend one with you. My family gets three times more of me than you do. <laughs> that's about it. So, you know, when I say I'd love to be able to do this full time someday, there's a lot of reasons, and that's certainly one of them, to be able to put more energy into this, but still have more time with my family and not have to take away from them. Because if I come home and have to like rake the leaves, that's pretty much it. I got to rake the leaves and then we're doing dinner and then I got to do the podcast and then we got to go to bed, you know. So maybe to, maybe tomorrow. But anyways, uh, Billy, thank you for bringing that up. It is a sacrifice, but um, it is paying off and I'm very happy to be doing this and I'm very grateful for it. Anyways, um, we'll take a break now. We'll come back and look at the um, win predictions and then we'll do some questions and we'll get out of here and get all fat and sassy. If you would like to support the Packernet podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Some people do have an aversion to that. I've had several people say they do not like Patreon, will not use Patreon. Um, Venmo, Cash App, Coinbase, all options if you're, if you're interested. But um, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so as it stands right now, the Green Bay Packers can win anywhere between 8 and 14 games this season. Um, It is worth noting, as rough as things are, uh, generally speaking, a 10 to 11 win season is a very good season. Considering the extra game, let's just say 11 wins is considered a good season. I think it's safe to say they'll probably win three more games this year, pending some form of disaster. But with that said, 42 total votes on this. Nobody said we're going to win eight or nine games, which is great. We had one vote that said we would win 10 games. Three votes said we would win 14, which is run the table. Four votes said we would win 11, which is two more. We had 16 people say we would win three more, uh, four more with 12 wins. And then the number one right now is the assumption that we will win 18, which is to say we'll lose one game and win out the rest. Anyways, uh, just going to hit on a couple of these. Uh, They're mostly injury questions. Uh, Ben says, can we get an overall injury update, projections on when or if they're coming back, and what we know? Uh, We know Elton's not coming back. Bakhtiari's supposed to come back in December. Jair, I have no idea. Uh, We've seen videos of him recently walking around without a sling. I'm assuming that's good, but again, good news hasn't mean much for the Packers lately. Um, Zadarius is another guy that we thought he would be back sooner and he just keeps every week goes by and he's not coming back. I don't know. Uh, Rashawn, hopefully this week, maybe they're going to hold him out till after the bye. Maybe the whole theory that a lot of people have that after the bye, everybody's just going to come rushing back is just fake and they're not going to be back. And that's going to cause a serious panic because I think the vast majority of Packer fans assume they're just holding out until after the bye. And I, I really hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they're not going to do that. That's not to say that after the bye, a bunch of people aren't going to come back because they, they've just had a lot of extra time to rest. But they're not going to risk losing to the Rams, which is a very important game because we just feel like waiting until after the bye. If you're healthy, you're healthy. Come play. They're not healthy. Anybody that's not playing is not healthy and they're not ready to play. And that's the reality. And if they're not ready to play today, there's no guarantee they're going to be ready to play after the bye. Um, so I don't know. I really don't have a lot of information um, as far as when anybody else is planning to come back. I would assume Garvin will be back some point. 
if not this week, it should be. Well, I guess next week is the bye. So if not this week after the bye, definitely, unless he has some kind of permanent COVID, which might as well be a thing. If COVID toe is a thing, why isn't permanent? That is the funny thing, too, is Rodgers made that up. And it turns out, I wonder how many things, if you just made it up, somebody says it's a thing out there. There's, there's some medical journal like, oh, yes, that's definitely a thing. I've got COVID belly button. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a rash on your belly button, it's COVID. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. So, no, I mean, I, I understand the angst of we need answers. There, there's, there aren't any. We just don't know. It's just hanging out there. There's theories. There's a lot of theories, but um, theories aren't going to do us a lot of good. They're usually wrong. Well, let's look at it. Um, current players that are on um, reserve injured of some kind, the Green Bay Packers have nine, which I would say is one of the lower numbers. Um, Tennessee has 17. The Giants have 17. Denver, Dallas, and Baltimore have 15. The Jets have 14. Detroit, Carolina, Arizona have 13. Miami has 12. San Fran has 12. Washington, New Orleans, New England, uh, the Raiders, the Rams, the Colts all have 11, Minnesota 10, um, and then Cleveland, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh 9. So there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 teams only that have less than us. In terms of total players, which counts everybody that has been at some point but possibly came back, Green Bay had 21, which we do go quite a bit higher. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 still teams with more, uh, including Tennessee and the Jets. 31 players have been on IR. Now to get to your question about salary cap, the Green Bay Packers currently have $25.3 million on IR. That would be 11th. Now, to be clear, I don't think David Bakhtiari would be on this list. And I don't have a way of looking up league-wide people that are not technically on IR but are just injured and not playing and that cost. But based on IR, they're still not ranked very high. 25, the Bears have $26 million on IR. The Browns have 26. San Francisco has $32 million. Tennessee has 32 uh, 33, Miami is 33, Baltimore 35 million, Washington 37 million, the Jets 39 million, the Cowboys have 40 million dollars, and Denver's number one, 40.8 million dollars. 22% of their cap is on IR. Their players that have been placed on IR, um, November 24th, Bradley Chubb, November 22nd, Michael Ojemedia, uh, KJ Hamler, um, placed on injured reserve. Uh, let's see. November 9th, Graham Glasgow was put on IR. November 3rd, Bryce Callahan was put on IR. October 23rd, Micah Kaiser was put on IR. Um, October 19th, Alexander Johnson and Andre Mincy were put on IR. September 22nd, Josie Jewell was put on IR. August 24th, Adrian Killens and Brett Jones were put on IR. August 18th, Levante Bellamy was put on IR. August 5th, Cody Conway was put on IR. June 23rd, Natrez Patrick was put on IR. So a lot of people on IR, and that doesn't include just all the injuries that um, that they have. Garrett Bowles, Duke Dawson, et cetera, et cetera, guys that have not been playing. So, you know, I, 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 I think there's a case to be made about something. I don't know if money's the best way to do it. If somebody wanted to go in and look at like PFF and try to gauge how good or how critical these players are, you could go ahead and do that. 
I would say that it's it would be surprising if people have had this many high caliber players out, but I don't know. And it certainly doesn't isn't reflected in terms of the number of people injured or even salary cap. Um, and I don't believe there's any way to look at... I do have something I paid for, but I already forgot what it is and I don't feel like looking it up because that's going to take forever. Um, maybe that looks at that. I don't know. I'll have to circle back to that, but... Um, no, I don't. I don't have that. Uh, I don't have what you're looking for, which is a number where I can say the Packers are like double what the next highest team has. They're not. They're they're below average. Josh says, could Rick Wagner offer any depth since he already knows the offense and would probably take a cheap deal? Maybe. Um, I don't know that we really need him. I, I don't know that he provides an upgrade at any one spot. But I'm sure he's on their list of people to possibly get in touch with. We are very strapped for cash, obviously. Um, not as much as we would have been if, if we would have gone all in at the trade deadline, obviously, but, but I'm sure he and a bunch of other people are on some kind of a list and the Packers will start calling them if need be. But I think for right now, it's, you know, we're going to write out Yash. We have worked out a couple people and I guess we'll just see how it goes. But, uh, Rick is not, he's fine, but he, he's just kind of at the level that I think we have. And, and again, coming in cold. I don't know what he's been doing in the offseason. I know he's getting up in age, so there's concerns about about his readiness and his ability to play and, and not be stiff and tight. And You know, I mean, just you look at Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't practice for a week and how bad that went. You know, Rick Wagner hasn't played all year. So there, there are considerations and concerns, but I, I think they like the guys that have been in the building and have been in the meeting rooms and have been a part of this team and understand what we're doing and our goal and our direction and all that stuff way more than anybody that's been outside the building. And I think we as fans generally underestimate that. We still have sort of that Madden mentality. And I don't mean you necessarily, because we certainly need to start bringing some people in, which is why they have. I just mean in general, there's sort of this Madden mentality of, you know, Yash is like a 68 overall type player. Wagner's like a 69 overall. So we should just get Rick Wagner and plug him in because he's technically a little bit better. Eh, It's not, no. Steve says Packers will make the playoffs. Who realistically comes back from IR or not to help this team? Again, we kind of already went over all that. Um, Bakhtiari should be back late. I'm fairly confident Jair comes back at some point. Sidarius is very weird, but I think he'll be back. I mean, th- those are the big ones. But, you know, you knew that. <laughs> Billy says, how good are Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller actually? I believe Aaron Donald is what we all believe he is what we all believe he is. Got it. Now, we haven't started talking about the Rams yet. We'll have to do that, but um, let's start there. First of all, let's start with Aaron Donald. Is he what we all think he is? He's 30 years old now. Is he starting to decline? The answer is no, he's not. He has not had one bad game this year, not one. His lowest grade of the season is a 74.5. I think Aaron Donald might be one of the greatest football players of all time. I mean, that's, I know that's not really a, a massive statement. I'm sure a lot of people are already there, but um, this is unbelievable. He's never had a season in his entire life, including his rookie year, where he wasn't graded in the 90s. 2014 is when he started. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's in year eight. He currently has a 92.3 overall grade, which is fairly on par um, actually, technically, it's his second lowest since his rookie season. So, you know, I, I could maybe call that a decline, I guess. Um, his highest ever was a 94.8. So he's basically tied with his best ever season. So it's it's really tough to call that a decline. 
Um, and it's just, it's just not a decline. Um, yes, Aaron Donald is everything that he's always ever been. We are going to be going up against one of the greatest football players of all time of any position. I mean, there's just, there's nothing really that parallels how good this dude is. Now onto the, um, actual part of your question, Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller. Let's start with Von Miller because that kind of piggybacks off of what we already talked about. Um, Von Miller is, Von Miller, and I, I haven't talked about this in a while, but I have in the past. He's one of the most underrated pass rushers in all of football. Um, I think he's better than Khalil Mack. I, I think he he just has been. Maybe not, maybe his best season isn't quite where Khalil Mack's best season is, but Khalil Mack kind of was more of a bell curve. Von Miller is one of the very few people with Ed Oliver who has never had a non-elite season until 2019. So it was, it, it, we got to watch Mr. Um, did I just call him Ed Oliver? I can never remember the guy's name. I don't understand that. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is, I think it's because his name is Aaron Donald. He just doesn't look like an Aaron, Aaron or a Donald. I don't know what it is. I can never, ever, for the life of me, I kept wanting to call him Ed Oliver the whole time. Anyways, um, Aaron Donald is 30 right now. Von Miller at age 30 had a 90.3 overall grade through those seasons, 90, 93, 91, 90, 91, 90, 91, 90. So slightly lower than Aaron Donald, but he had those exact same stretch of elite. And then his, at age 31 was his first down season. He had a 79 overall grade so far this year in 86. So he's kind of bouncing back, but um, still kind of not. He's not, it seems like age has hit him at least a little bit. Um, he's been a double-digit sack guy basically his entire career. Um, he had a down year in 2013 when he was injured, but but that was the only reason he didn't hit double-digit sacks. So not including that season, his sack totals, 13, 20, 15, 17, 14, 10, and 16. Now in 2019, his first down year, he had nine. So he's one shy. This year so far, he has five. He has 30 pressures on basically 200 pass rush attempts. He has an 86 overall grade. I may have said that already. So he's still very, very good. His one game that he played so far with the team, San Francisco, he had a 73 overall grade, two pressures on 13 attempts. So statistically, that's fine. He did not get any sacks. In fact, he hasn't had a sack since uh, week four, which I guess is good. But um, Von Miller is still very, very good. We're we're going up against a extremely talented Von Miller and one of the best, probably, well, Forget anything having to do with probably, maybe, kind of. We're going up against the best pass rusher in football, um, and Von Miller is going to going to benefit from that, obviously. So, uh, yeah, he's real good. He's not peak Von Miller, but it's not like I've said in the past where it's like this guy's not what he used to be. No, I mean, it's it's one of those things where he's not what he used to be, but I don't know if you're going to be able to notice. <laughs> you know. It's like watching uh, Sesame Street or, or some not super high quality uh, show and trying to decipher between 4K and 8K or something. You know what I mean? Like it's not, you might be able to notice a difference. I don't know. If you're sitting back on the couch, you're going to be able to tell. I don't know if you can tell. And as for Jalen Ramsey, um, I think Jalen Ramsey has always been kind of overrated. Um, he was very hyped last year, obviously. Um here are his grades, basically. Um, 72 as a rookie. Then he had a 91 overall grade. That was what set him off, and everybody said he's the greatest ever. After that, 72, 71, and 77 last year. This year, 87 overall grade. 
So he's kind of on track to have his 2017 season again. With that said, though, Jalen is extremely inconsistent. The only reason he's not clearly in the 90s is because he's had several kind of not great games. He's had one game at 90.9, an 89.6, an 87.8, and an 80 overall. But he's also had a 66, 65, 65, 64, and 55. He's had probably more average games than good games, but when he has good games, they're just absolutely out of this world dominant. But he's certainly susceptible to not great game. Not, it, it's never horrible, right? I mean, we've seen our guys have horrible games. 55 overall is his one sort of bad game. Um, he gave up 75 yards and a touchdown with one pass breakup. That was his worst game. Eight targets, six receptions, 75 yards, a touchdown, and a pass breakup. Which, by the way, if we can do that to him, that's a good day. But you've also got days like San Francisco, two targets, no receptions, and two pass breakups. <laughs> two targets, two pass breakups. That's it. Um, against Indy. Four targets, one reception, one interception. Uh, he gave up, what was it, seven yards, zero passer rating. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's good, man. I don't know what else to say. I mean, he's, he's, he's what he was last year, I would say, possibly better, because, again, he's had some really, really good games. Last year, he only had one really, really good game, and that was against Arizona, 89.8. Um, otherwise, it was, again, about half his games were in the 60s or 50s and then a handful of 70s mixed in. I mean, I, I just, I, I've never really understood the Jalen hype. I think he's he's a, a system cornerback um, who plays on a team that had one of the best pass rushers in football, and all the other corners were actually very, very talented. And I think that helped him tremendously. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm just saying I don't know that he's, he's not Jair. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Uh, Nick provided some information here that says there's a 28% higher rate of non-contract lower extremity injuries when playing on artificial turf. Of those non-contact injuries, players have a 32% higher rate of non-contact knee injuries on turf and a staggering 69% higher rate of non-contact foot and ankle injuries on turf compared to grass. How many of our season-ending injuries have been on turf rather than normal grass? I could do the homework and look that up. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to. It's going to take me hours. Do you think the NFL should require fields to be all grass? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm generally against doing that kind of stuff. However, if, you know, because sometimes statistics can be kind of funny, but if they, if they do a legitimate study and find that, that it is the turf that's doing it and they can explain why and how, I don't see any reason not to for a league that goes above and beyond to at least pretend they care about injury. And, and you're, you're also protecting your product. And it's not that big of a deal. Nobody cares what kind of grass it is. I mean, the, 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 the people that own the stadium might care. They want it to look a certain way, the, the maintenance costs, whatever. But ultimately, I don't think it's that big of a deal. If, if it is this significant to just say, I'm sorry, you're not doing this turf nonsense anymore. I mean, it would be similar. I'm sure we're dealing with orders of magnitude difference in terms of cost. But imagine if a team used slightly cheaper... Um, helmets and pads. And it was proven that there were a lot more head injuries and, and every other kind of injury due to the cheaper pad. Would the NFL flinch for a second and saying, dude, you can't use cheap pads anymore. I'm sorry. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not saying I'm taking the official stance that the NFL should change. Just using the information you're giving me. If it's true that there's a 70% higher rate of non-contact foot and ankle injuries and a 30% higher rate of non-contact lower extremity injuries, 32% uh, higher non-contact knee injuries, and, and we could lower all those numbers by just changing the type of turf, 
do I think that it would be a good idea to change mandate change? I do. I, I don't know all the the details. I'm sure the the people that don't want to change would have all kinds of great reasons that they'd bring about that I haven't thought about. But just with the information that you've provided and put in front of me, yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> Finally, uh, great question here by Rich. Is it wrong to dislike Aikman's commentary voice and face? Why do we keep getting this guy to call our games? There's a, there's a pretty big split among Packer fans. I feel like a lot of Packer fans have either moved on or just don't like when some Packer fans don't like A. I still am very anti-Aikman. I think the bias is very evident. Um, I think it's very annoying. I will say, though, maybe this is part of the reason why um, some Packer fans like him. His voice has been very synonymous with uh, with football for me. I mean, there, there are some new people that are calling, and I don't really super recognize their voice, but Aikman's voice is is synonymous with, with football, man, you know? But um, I, 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 maybe they just need a different way to, to call games so that there's less, less commentary and opinion, you know what I mean? It's going to be hard to do, especially when there's a blatantly bad call. Um, and, and if you don't call it out, and that's, that's part of the problem, too. Sometimes the problem isn't that you're saying things that are biased. It's the fact that you're not calling out bad calls and are just trying to be like, well, all right, that didn't, didn't get caught. And it's like, are you kidding me? I demand you call that out and say that's a bad call. And then if they do call it out, then we get mad when it's against us. So it's just kind of, it's anytime their opinion is against us, we get mad. Which means that we just need to have the same opinion all the time. But it, it, it does feel like, um, and I haven't noticed it a ton lately, Although I, I generally don't, a lot of people are, like, as soon as the game starts, they know who the commentators are, they know their voice. I don't really pay attention to that stuff, so I don't notice. Same with the refs, like, oh, it's so-and-so again. I'm like, who? who? Like, I know the name, but I, I don't, dude, you you are paying attention to a lot of stuff here. I'm just trying to watch a football game. I don't know what you're talking about. But Aikman I know, and Aikman's voice I know, and, and so maybe that's part of the reason why it bothers me, because I'm kind of looking for it. I know that he sometimes says stuff that's biased against us, and so I'm waiting for it. And if I hear it one time, I'm going to be mad. And if I did that for everybody, maybe I wouldn't like anybody. I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, I, I like, I guess, gingerbread. Going back to gingerbread, we'll, we'll end on gingerbread. It's kind of like that. I like the smell of gingerbread. I don't want to eat it, though. It's a, it's a bad cookie, right? Gingerbread cookies are bad cookies. But I love the smell of gingerbread. It just, it, it, it puts out this vibe and this aroma of, dude, it's Christmas, man. And it's not even just, like, I say Christmas because that's like the, the ultimate with all these things. Christmas music and the, the candles and the, 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 the sights and sounds and smells and the fireplace and the snow. All that warm, fuzzy stuff all at once. But this whole season is kind of like that. And, and gingerbread, the smell of it is kind of a part of that. And I think Aikman's voice on a football game, especially like Thanksgiving. Like that feels like Thanksgiving to me. Listen to Aikman call a Thanksgiving game, being a former Cowboys quarterback kind of makes sense because they play a lot of Thanksgiving games. You know, on Fox, if he's calling like the Lions-Bears game, I think that's perfect. I want that to happen. I just don't want him calling Packers games. I, he just, it, the, the cookie doesn't taste good though. Aikman is the gingerbread cookie of the um, commentary world. I think we nailed the ending. I think, I think that... Uh, that might be the title. <laughs> it might be the title. Anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Thanksgiving. I will talk to you tomorrow, probably. Have a good one. Bye-bye.